What's going on guys? Welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Van Chats. If you haven't already, please make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. I'm super thankful that you guys are coming back week after week and all the cool messages you guys are leaving and all the feedback, I really appreciate that. So keep it coming. Uh, and if you have any feedback that you wanna send in, just go ahead and shoot me an email at info at johncroomcycling.com that's info at johncroomcycling.com and that could be guests that could be just basic feedback whatever anyways let's go ahead and dive into this week's episode and that is with ellen noble ellen noble is a pro cycle cross rider mountain bike rider and all-around adventurer we chat about her new team how covid has affected that and how she's conquering these rough times as well as the health issues that she's experiences, how she gets through that and and kind of what it is that she's going through. On top of that, we even chat about black coffee and maple syrup. So anyways, you guys are just going to have to stick around to listen to find out what that's all about. But let's go ahead and uh, dive into this episode. Accidents are unexpected. That is why they are called accidents. But one thing that they don't talk about during these unexpected accidents is the unexpected medical costs. So when you're out on that sick mountain bike ride and you're shredding and the next thing you know, you find yourself wrapped around a tree and you break your collarbone, well, sounds like you're gonna have a pretty hefty medical bill. But if you had spot, you would be covered up to $20,000 per injury, which means if you got injured three times in a year, that's $60,000 of coverage and zero out-of-pocket cost. It almost sounds too good to be true. So if you're an active individual, you need to make sure that you check out Spot today, and all you have to do is go to kroom.getspot.com or check out the link in the bio. Man, what a wild week it has been here in Colorado Springs, Colorado. It has been snowing for the last two days, and let me just say that the trainer rides have been somewhat unbearable, but luckily I have chamois butter, which changes the game completely. I'm a huge fan of the Euro style, and that keeps my skin cool and protected on those long trainer rides, so I'm not chafing or pretty much struggling to sit down on the couch after a long workout. But they make five different types of product that is specifically made for you, and you can check that out at chamoisbutter.com. That's chamois, B-U-T-T-R.com. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Van Chats. I'm sitting here with the legend, one of the goats, I think, of cyclocross, especially women cycling, and that's Ellen Noble. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Yeah, I made sure to time the question just perfect while you were drinking water. Um, yeah, and that, that was that was my goal for that. So, uh, like I said before, like you're you're one of those girls that I've like looked up to because of uh, the behind the barriers. I know that's probably something you probably haven't heard about or talked about in a long time, but yeah. that's something that helped me get into the sport. Um, and so, what I kind of want to get to know is. How did you, how did that even start? Where did that come from? Like, how did you find your fold into cyclocross? Yeah, I, so I've raced bikes like my whole life. Mm -hmm. And um, my parents were just like super old school New England mountain bikers. And we just basically rode and trained to be able to race and enjoy racing to its full potential. So we were just, my, my parents and I were just hooked on racing. That's yeah. all, all we wanted to do. Um, and so the season so our mountain bike season was ending earlier and earlier every year. It started ending in like August and we're like, Oh my God, like we don't get to race into the fall. It's like the best time of year in new England. And my parents had like raced maybe one or two cross races in their life, like in the fall. And it was like kind of during this huge boom of cyclocross, like in 2010, to 2012. And yeah, that's when, 
um, we decided to just try a cross race and I was immediately hooked. Like I loved racing. And so it made me love mountain biking, but mountain biking in New England at the time didn't have any sort of like community aspect or any yeah. social component. So being able to race and also have all of those other elements, like cyclocross just, you know, grabbed me. I was just hooked. So that's kind of how I got into it and have basically just raced straight out ever since. Yeah. And so how do you, how do you end up meeting? Cause it looks like you rode for the jam fund mm -hmm. and, and that that's a cool program. So we're like talking about all these cool junior programs, which I want, I want to dive into a little bit later, mm -hmm. but um, how do you end up running into Jeremy powers, like at his prime, you know, he's, he's doing his own thing and he started this own program. Uh, how did you kind of get linked up with him? Yeah, it's honestly just like such a funny story of really just coincidence. Yeah. Um, I did my first cross race at the same time that I was just trying to take racing more seriously in general. And so my dad was asking around at the cross race, like my daughter needs a coach who should coach her and kind of the unanimous decision, the unanimous recommendation from everyone. I was like, you have to talk to this guy, Al Donahue, mm -hmm. who ended up coaching me for 10 years. Wow. Um, he's like my, one of my best friends. Um, but at the time I had no idea who he was. I was like, all right, he's just some guy that's going to write me workouts. And Al was coaching Jeremy at the time and their like, you know, relationship has obviously gone far beyond just like coach and athlete. Like they have a really great friendship. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like they were really just connected and I was, you know, going off to college, trying to decide where I was going to be going to school. This is after working with Al for several years, trying to decide where I was going to go to school, do kind of like figure out team stuff and development. And they were like, you know, if you're really serious about going to school in Massachusetts, like we would love to have you join the jam fund. We think that we could really like accelerate your learning. If you're living by, you know, the team and being able to work with Al and Jeremy like in a mentorship capacity. So that's like really, I mean, I had met Jeremy before, but we became like much closer when my discussion of joining the jam fund started. And mm -hmm. it was a pretty easy decision for me to make. It didn't take a whole lot of thought for me to yeah. decide to join the team because it's, it was just such an amazing opportunity. Well, yeah. Like what I liked about like Jeremy's program, at least from the outside looking in, um, it seemed like, not only was he giving you guys and gals help um, racing wise or just tactics or just like how to travel, whatever. It seemed like he was kind of giving you business side of things too. Cause that kind of folds into you now, like look at you now, you're kind of running your own program, uh, Red Bull, you know, um, Velocio, like that's super cool. So do you kind of feel like that kind of rubbed off on you a little bit in that, in that front? Yeah, the thing that makes jam so special is like you're not just learning about bike racing. And I think yeah. that that's really the nature of a good development team. Um, jam is very special in the sense that it appeals to riders that aren't just under 23. Whereas like a lot of the other really impactful development teams that I know start and stop at, you know, 17 to 23. Whereas the jam fund, like, had a rider like Stephen Hyde join the team at like 25 or 26 and, you know, look at what he's been able to accomplish. Um, and so like with the jam fund, obviously we have coach Al who coaches everyone on the team and, you know, he's teaching us about bike racing, but he's also just teaching us about life. And For Al sure. has been like one of the most influential people in my life and just kind of shaping who I am. And then of course you have Jeremy who's taught us just so much about 
running a team. And I had no idea back then what I was learning from Jeremy would be so relevant to my life only a few short years later. So um, yeah, I mean, the two of them have really, really made a huge impact on a lot of us in different ways, whether it's me running a team or some of my friends from the team that don't even race anymore, but have found success in their respective careers. It's, it's a really cool program. Yeah. And so, and, and where I got really stoked on you was, I think it's like after, about after the time you separated with Rafa and you were doing the Trek thing, um, you, you were probably one of the first females and I'm not going to say you're the first female to speak out about this, but you were one of the first young females that I pretty much saw put their foot down and take no bullshit, like straight from the gun. You were like, yeah, I'm going to ride with my Jersey unzipped. Yeah. I'm going to have fun. Yeah. I'm going to paint my nails, but yeah, I'm still a badass. Like, and so let's, let's talk a little bit about that. Like, cause I've had Alison Tetrick on the podcast, who's big time, you know, um, into like, you know, equality into the sport. Um, what's your kind of thoughts on that now? So like, you, you know, what article I'm talking about and you know where I'm going, that's a long time ago, but what's your kind of thoughts now? Yeah. I mean, I still feel the same way. And it's funny because I don't know, sometimes talking about this stuff, I'm like, yeah, past is the past, whatever. But like, apparently these topics are still super relevant. Like if we're talking about, you know, unzipping a jersey and the double standard around women's bodies and sport and all of that. Um, there's a there's a woman right now who just had an article that I've been seeing going around that I read this morning and I can't remember her name, but she's Belgian and she was denied a management opportunity to a cycling team because she had taken like some... I think she had posts for like Sports Illustrated or Belgium or something like that. Like she had done some sort of like modeling, like sexy modeling stuff. And she oh, was just like took a picture like in her underwear or something like not even. Yeah, she was, she was like, she was, she was a professional athlete, professional cyclist in okay. Belgium who also modeled. And she said that she lost her job opportunity with this Belgian cycling team because of, because these photos and Jeez. it's just crazy because I don't know if it was her argument or if it was the, um, you know, the journalist's argument, but it was like, you know, writers like Sagan and Cipollini or whoever you want to talk about have all taken exact photos like that. I mean, yeah. I've seen photos, I'm pretty sure of Sagan completely naked, like just turned, just like you can see his butt. <laughs> like yeah. a lot of people, you know, are doing like men and women, but it impacts women differently and this is like that same thing so it's actually still relevant even though you know your referencing is from like 2017 we're still having the same conversations just with different subjects um and so yeah yeah, I still really firmly believe in you know whether or not you agree with someone's decision to unzip their jersey during a race or even pose for you know any type of modeling whether it's whether you would do it, we have to respect people's right to choose. And like that's really firmly where I stand. Like I just respect people's own right to make their own decision with their body. Like for sure. That's pretty much the the long and the short of it for me. Well it's it's nuts to think about that and like think back on that because I feel like women's bodies were used in sales promotion and now it's looked down upon if you were the woman in sales promotion. Mm-hmm. which is kind of nuts to me and kind of nuts to think about. But I think that folds into your program a bit. Like I want to, I want to talk about Ellen now. And I think, yeah, you were the little badass that was putting her foot down, but you're still 
the badass, but now you're the mature badass that's that's trying to bring this stuff to light. Um, and so let's talk about let's talk about your program. Where did that start? Because you were riding with Trek, and now now you've started your own thing. And from what I'm reading, it looks like it looks like it's not just going to be you. Like your hopes is to grow it. Like at first, mm-hmm. maybe just start it small, but hopes is to grow it. So let's talk about that. Yeah, I um, began the program last year. I announced it the second week of March, 2020, <laughs> which was. The best I just time can't to believe. do that. Right? I know. I just can't believe like no one really cared. It was like, okay, yeah. what else are we worrying? <laughs> what else are we worrying about, guys? Yeah. So pretty much my team, like my team, I call it a team. It's a program. It's just me right now. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, yeah, it's been quite funny because people are like, oh, oh, you're riding in, you're riding in Veloce. Like, are you still in Trek Factory? <laughs> like, oh, just man. because I haven't raced. So like, there's, yeah. there's so little visibility of you know, what's been going on and people like all jokes is like people really have just had so much else to worry about that for sure. Even me who like, it's my job to promote the, the program. I haven't done my best job just because like, there's, there's so much else going on. Like we're like surviving. So, yeah. you know, I'm really, really excited. I'm coming up on one year of the new program and like on the one year sort of mark. So like March 1st, I have some really exciting announcements that I'm not quite at liberty to discuss just yet. That's cool. Um, but I'm really, really excited about some of the changes and the direction that the program is going into. Sweet. Um, at the moment, it is still just me, but it, I have every intention of expanding it in some capacity. Um, at the moment, I've just started kind of the like smaller phase of the program, which is like a bit of a mentorship opportunity. Right now I'm mentoring one rider consistently, but my goal is to expand it to three or four riders and sort of have them just like under the mentorship umbrella. So they won't be like teammates of mine per se yet, but they definitely will be, you know, will have frequent communication. And then they also have that camaraderie amongst themselves. And I just think like, support women at any age supporting other women is so vital and I feel like I've just had so many great mentors myself that being able to kind of keep that development process going is like you know the smallest thing that I can do to have an impact but it it, uh yeah it means a lot well yeah I bet like Jeremy and and Alec are like just literally yes we did it you know because it's it's really, it's really hard to see teams come and like, you know, you have that one person try to feed all this knowledge and then nothing else can come of it. And then teams go mm-hmm. by the wayside. Um, so it's really cool to see, like, there's still something from that behind the barriers when it had such a big thing around it. Like there's potential for this program to be that and that bigger, you know, uh, which is, which is super cool. So that being said, like, what's the goals for the program? Like, uh, I know you had mountain bike and I know you had cycle cross ambitions. You even had a little bit of road ambitions at one point. So what's, mm-hmm. what's kind of the goal for the program? Are you going to go for Kansas or something crazy? <laughs> um, probably not. Kansas yeah. has been on the table in years past, but just given, you know, at this point it's been, I I had such a condensed race schedule in 2019 and had plans to come back in 2020. So it's been almost two full years since I've had a real like solid race calendar, Um, like without illness and without a pandemic and blah, blah, blah. So for me, I really have to just focus on the races that matter the most. So unfortunately it means probably no Kansas and it might 
mean that my, you know, couple of road races a year might <laughs> get axed. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I'm really focusing on getting back into mountain bike racing. It was like the happiest I've ever been was the season I got to do a full mountain bike season. And sure. I just, I love the sport so much, but obviously I still love cyclocross as well. So it's trying to find that balance and look at the riders that have done it well before me, like Pauline and Yolanda and Evie and those riders that have balanced two disciplines um, and then trying to kind of take influence from that. Yeah, for sure. So, so what's that been like for you? I mean, cause you know, unfortunately we see tons of articles with the health, the mm -hmm. health issues. And I mean, if anybody's bounced back very well from it, I would say you have, and I mean, you, you know, yeah. more than, than us. I mean, obviously when you're, when you're going through issues like that, like you feel like, you're not really bouncing well. Um, yeah. but like, I mean, like looking at this, like I'm, you know, track cyclist tried to go to the Olympics. If I had even half these health issues, a third, like it probably would have stopped my career. Mm -hmm. So what's been your, what's been your motivator? What's been your push to kind of just keep going? It's funny because like, I think about that a lot and something that I used to preach, like, really really heavily was like you have to find your why like mm -hmm. you have to know what you're doing this for and why you're doing it and for a really long time I felt very connected to that and I think as things have gotten harder and I've continued to have setbacks and like I feel like I make this progress and it's like one step forward two steps back or two steps forward one step back even um you know I feel like I've sort of just gotten like worn down if I'm being totally honest and I, I don't want to sound negative but I have almost lost sight of the why per se at times, but I think that it's just like, because I've always done it, I yeah. keep moving forward. If nothing else, it's just like muscle memory of like, for well, sure. this is what I know. But I mean, honestly, like for a very long time, my, my major motivator in sport was my dad who got me into cycling. And then just as I was kind of like getting my footing in racing, he passed away. Hmm. And so he was like, you know, I mean, he still is, of course, like a, a huge motivator for me and, and like doing it for my dad to like honor his amazing life and how supportive he was to athletes and, and just people, you know, he was, he was a big why for me. And now I guess there's like this other part of me that has been really fortunate to connect with like the autoimmune community. Mm -hmm. And I'll get these emails from people that are like, you know, I went from, someone said to me recently, I went from holding my own in the local in my local races to not being able to hold a glass of water and mm. reading about your experiences have has like really made me feel like more connected with the sport or something like that and you know like sharing my experiences and kind of proving to myself that I can still do it despite like just so many setbacks at this point I think is is a part of it even though I don't always feel super connected to that I think when I think about it I'm like okay I'm really doing this to show myself and others that it can be done because I don't want, you know, I, I know some young girls that I've worked with before that have celiac and that have Hashimoto's and have all of these autoimmune diseases. And I want them to know, like your sports career doesn't have to be over just because you, you know, you've had your own setbacks. So yeah. I guess maybe that's my long winded response. No, no, that's super empowering. That's, that's, that's crazy. So like coming from, uh, you know, somebody that might be listening to this podcast that has some of these setbacks, like what's your advice to them? Like what would be your advice? Well, I mean, I, I think like 
understanding that just because you're where you are right now doesn't mean that you're always going to be there. Um, I've had people say like, you can do all of this with autoimmune disease. Like I wish I could do that. And I'm like, well, I couldn't a year ago. (laughs) I couldn't do any of this stuff a year ago. Like I've been Nordic skiing and biking and like going shooting for biathlon and doing all these things that like a year ago, if I was like biking a couple times a week, I was like big win, you know? So it's like understanding that like things can get better. But also for me, really what turned things around was discovering functional medicine, which takes a a different approach than, you know, like traditional, not traditional, but like Western medicine. Um, Like when I was just going to like a standard MD, I was not making the same progress that I have now that we've started looking at my system holistically. Mm -hmm. Um, And so anyone who really like wants to make a change and hasn't had success or has faced doubts from their doctors, I would highly recommend looking into functional medicine. And I'm always happy to be a resource if people want book recommendations, like my diet and supplement regimen has like really, really changed my life. Yeah. Yeah. That's no, that's, that's impressive. And so like, you know, spinning off that, um, you guys, if you, if you want to message anybody, I mean, she was really responsive to me about getting on the podcast. So I'm assuming <laughs> she would definitely be really responsive to you. Um, yes, with I issues try. like this. she tries, you know, so, um, but yeah, so now, now you're working with Alan Lim, um, which I is, am. which is really cool. I didn't even really know he coached. I know he helped Taylor Finney out a bit, but I, mm-hmm. I didn't know he coached. So what's, what's that transition like? How's that going? Yeah, it's good. We've been working together for like a year and change. So we started working together at the beginning of like January 1st of last year. Um, And it's been awesome. Like him, Alan and Al have so much in common. And so their coaching philosophies have like really come together well. And obviously Al Donahue was the only coach I'd worked with before. So it would have been a hard transition, I think, if Alan was completely different. Um, and so, yeah, I'm super fortunate to be working with him and, um, he's, he definitely pushes me. He pushes me really hard when he wants me to go hard. And he's like really easy on me during the other times. And he's like, relax. I told you to take the time off. So at least enjoy it. Like, don't just stress about taking the time off. So he's like, really like, I can't say hot and cold. That's not what I mean. Like not emotionally, but like yeah. in terms of training, it's like when we're on, we're on and when we're off, we're off. Um, and so it's actually kind of nice because I can like, I've got my fight back a bit, um, just from, you know, trying to come back like a hundred times over can kind of wear you down. So it's been nice yeah. with Alan has given me a lot of time off and I'm like, Oh my God, I just want to train again. Stop. Yeah. Like, ah, I get frustrated. <laughs> so it's been good. I, I need yeah. that. <laughs> Sweet, sweet. No, that's, yeah. that's, that's super cool. And like, and, and knowing like, cause you know, it just hit me really. Like I'm thinking about it, like in 2018 is where we started to see some of this health stuff, right? Like around mm-hmm. like 2018, 2019, you what, missed nationals and then mm-hmm. 2020, it looks like a good year. Boom. You announce your program and literally like what the next week it's <laughs> world shutdown pandemic. You don't yes. stand within six feet of someone. So yeah, it was like um, two days later that we found out like, because I announced my program thinking that I was going to go to the mountain bike race that weekend that everyone was at when the race got shut down. It's so like, that's why I had announced my team. Oh, man. <laughs> and then I was like, Oh, I don't have a good feeling about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
No, yeah. And then you, hopefully you didn't have any internet trolls being like, that was insensitive. No, um, no, no. Yeah, Thankfully not. Good, good. Well, cool. Well, like I said, I don't want to keep you all day. Um, but like I said before, uh, we asked this question to everyone. And um, yeah, if you could have coffee with one person, dead or alive, how would you take your coffee? Who would that person be and why? Oh, oh I know it's a heavy one. It's an intense one. If you need a couple it's... seconds, what I'll do is I'll edit this little piece out so you can go think. <laughs> yeah, because you warned me about it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to think because I don't have an, a, like a, an initial answer. And then yeah. I completely forgot. I always tell people, I always tell people to go with their gut. Like, who Justin you, Williams like, is your answer. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, tell me Justin. Justin. Justin was like, he did it in like 10 seconds. And I don't even think I told him about the question. He was like, Kobe. Which makes sense. Like, if you know Justin, it's like, oh, yeah, okay. that makes yeah, sense. For sure. That, um, that's a good answer. Mine changes, though, because, like, I always yeah. forget what I said to the last time. Um, but mm -hmm. if I had to pick, and I just had, I just did a podcast with this guy, and it's coming out tomorrow, and his name's Cody Townsend. But I'd like to sit down with him for a coffee again and and chat with him just on, on like, life and philosophy. Essentially, this guy um, – He's a professional skier and I just got into skiing. So, you know, you know, us athletes, like when we get into like one thing, like we feel like we're pro, we need to become pros at it like immediately. It's, and I, I'm awful. That's awful me looking it. at Jesse Diggins Instagram page every day because I've been skiing lately. <laughs> yeah. And so Cody Townsend is, he, I found him through YouTube and he's trying to ski the 50 best descents of North America. And oh. he, he bike packed from his home in Lake Tahoe all the way to Mount Hood. So it was a thousand oh, cool. miles with yeah. skis. Yeah. Mountaineered up to the top and then wow. skied down Mount Hood, which That's like so cool. That to me is super cool. How do you find the yeah. time? How do you get prepared for that mentally? Because like bikepacking, as chill as it seems, like in the moment, like yeah. there's a lot of planning that goes into that. And so like, I'd love to just my say, boyfriend does that. It's so crazy. He does it's insane. He, they did like a bike to ski trip, like in the middle of the winter. So they did that exact same, not quite as long. It was like only a couple hundred miles, but they did but the same still thing. I know. Like, I, yeah. I have no interest in doing that. Yeah. Um, Cause now your bike's like a hundred pounds, but I would have my coffee yeah. right now. It's cold. And I like chocolate when it's cold. I like sweets when it's cold. Oh, so like mm -hmm. I'd probably do a mocha. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm usually an espresso guy, but I'd probably do okay. a mocha. Yeah. I, I love a good mocha. Oh my God. I have no idea. Um, okay. Honestly, if I had, for some reason, this is so weird. I have absolutely no idea why this was my gut instinct, but this was the first person who came into my head, Freddie Mercury. Whoa. <laughs> I Whoa. have no idea why, like I haven't, or maybe, I don't know, like. Why would you, why would you? Why would you think Freddie Mercury? I mean, he, he's a character, so that that's good. I just, I honestly, I really, really love Queen. Yeah. Like, I love Queen, but I'm not like one of those diehard persons, people like, I don't know a, a ton about the band. Like I do, but I'm not like, I don't know his birthday. Like, yeah, you know. Yeah. You're not like a complete fan girl, but like. Yeah, I'm not like, I'm not like yeah. a Queen cult member. I'm just like. Yeah. I just really love the music and I find uh -huh. it very impactful. So I feel like he would be really cool because he was like eclectic and yeah. all that. Um, I would also consider like Stephen King. Oh, okay. And 
like Adam Rippon? Because I feel like we're already friends, but we're not. He's <laughs> a figure skater. So, <laughs> right but, like, he doesn't know I exist, but I feel like but I feel like we're friends. So those, I don't know. I can't choose. I'm, those are my three. I'm going to cut this piece out. I'm going to tag him and see if he sees it. So how would you have your, how would you have your coffee? Um, honestly, I would have it just how I normally have it. Like an Americano with maple yeah. syrup. With maple syrup. That's like <laughs> yeah. so North of I've ever heard. I it. know. But if you <laughs> haven't done it, it's really good. And it has to be real maple syrup, right? Like yes. I'm not, I'm not talking about syrup. I'm talking yeah. about like maple syrup uh i get you all right so, so i'm gonna do that this weekend i'm gonna try yes. it and i'm gonna see how it goes and it, does it's it matter how much or is it like to taste is it kind of like it's to taste but yeah. i mean i really i like sweet black coffee yeah so i put in like you know a good bit okay all right i'm gonna try it this weekend and i'm gonna try it i'm gonna try it twice i'm gonna try it like a little bit and i'm gonna yeah. try like a decent amount where i can mm -hmm. really taste it yeah like all a right. nice sweet cup well, Ellen, like I said before, thank you so much for your time. And guys, yeah, thank, thank you. you so much for listening. And you guys can check out her social media down in the description below. Uh, thank you for being vulnerable with us, like about yeah, that thank and, you. And, and opening up your book and letting people message you if they want to about these yeah, kinds of, of things. Because I know a lot of people have these questions and it's not just us that have these issues. And so it's super cool. Um, other than that, guys, we'll see you next time. Thanks.